This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. My name is Dan. I'll be your host for today. I'm joined by a couple wonderful guests from our VBC faith family. It's going to be a great conversation. So without any further ado, let's get to it. Yes, hello. You are listening to the Behold Podcast, and we, we warmly greet you. We welcome you to our humble studios here at Valley Bible Church, and what a blessing it is to share this time with you. We never know how long it's going to be. It could be 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes long. Some of you guys are thinking, I never listen that long, but uh, we are going to have a great conversation today. And we're grateful to have your ear for this time. I welcome, and I ask you to join me in welcoming our guest for today, the incomparable Connie Johnson. Say hello, Connie. Hello. It's great to have you with us. Thank you. Uh, We're going to get an update from you because there's some big stuff popping off in your life uh, (laughs) lately. And just grateful to... You had to say that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Popping? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We'll get it. And then I'm super duper excited. I know you are too, Connie. I am. To welcome back my partner in crime... My best bud, Sean Helch, he's back in the studio. Everybody, go nuts for Sean. It's me, I'm here. I thought you were going to say Emily at first when you were saying. Oh, well, she's, I mean. (laughs) Yeah. She knows. She knows. I'm your best bud here right now. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of like my work wife. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Um, But anyway, dude, we've really missed you. And I know all of you beholders out there have missed his sultry voice uh, coming through your podcast feed and just contributing to our amazing conversations we've been having. So you're back. Give everybody a little update on where you've been and just where your heart's at and just, you know, the the struggles, the highs and the lows that you've had in this weird little season you're in. Yeah. I mean, where to start, right? <laughs> I mean, just first of all, I just want to thank all of you friends and family who have just been praying for me and for Patty and Wendy and just supportive in this season. And it's been a lot, you know, if you, if you haven't heard uh, recently, my father passed away unexpectedly and man, it has just been a whirlwind since then. Obviously in the midst of all that, there's grief and hardship and just sadness that you're processing through. And that's kind of like an underlying foundation to everything in this season right now, just processing through all of that. Uh, but then just logistically, yeah, there's just so much. It's a bit unique with my father because um, he owned his own business for 33 years. And now with him passing, I am running his business. And so there's just so many logistics and legalities and just things that have made me the busiest I've ever been in my whole life, for sure, this last month. And probably the most stressed I've ever been in my whole life, too, at the same mm-hmm. time with that. But, you know, in, in the midst of that, like I try to be pretty transparent when people ask me, oh, how are you doing? You know, and I try to be pretty honest about saying, well, I'm in the ways that matter. I'm at peace, you know, yeah. and in the ways that matter, I'm well, and I trust the Lord I do. Um, but then at the same time, how am I? Well, I'm, it's hard. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. I'm sad. I'm stressed. You know, I'm tired, all these things. And when it comes to my dad, it's like, what a reminder that we're just not meant to have to deal with death period. Like that is not what the Lord designed us to, to experience in life, you know? And here we are because of the fall experiencing, trying to figure out how to navigate things that we're just not designed to cope with, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, 
when you consider that, it's like, yeah, am I okay? Yes, I'm okay. But am I ever going to be okay with not having my dad with me? No, of course I'm not going to be okay with that, you know? Mm. And it's okay to say that. So long-winded way of saying, yeah, I'm at peace. I'm okay. And I'm trying really hard to just really, you know, like Proverbs 3 type of thing or just not lean on my own understanding but really trust the Lord in all ways, you know, in all moments and all days. And it's a weird space when you're having to have that kind of open-handed, humble mindset and heart. But also there's certain things like, well, I do have to figure this out, <laughs> you know. I do have employees relying on me. I do have to get things done and whatever it is. Um, but underneath that, just being able to yield it and trust that the Lord is prepared this season, you know, which is a weird thing to say. It's like, man, God, God chose this season for me mm-hmm. and he's equipped me for it. That doesn't mean he... Had, has promised it's going to be easy, you know, or it's not going to be a long, hard one, but he has prepared me and chosen it. So I can trust that, you know, and I can be at peace. But um, anyways, in the midst of all that, if you want to keep praying for me, you guys and those of you who are listening, just continued uh, wisdom and discernment and, you know, just a lot to figure out with my role here, you know, just time-wise. I'm still working, but I have not yet mastered the whole omnipresent thing. So I can only <laughs> only be in one place at a time. And, uh, yeah, just many people rely on me for a lot right now. So I appreciate just uh, prayer in that way. Yeah. And your uh, availability for Behold Podcasts, uh, TBD, still up in the air. What do you think? Yeah, it's probably becoming more soon in the near future. So I hope to be here more frequently. But, um, yeah, we'll just see. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. I'm sure that's music to all of y'all's ears out there. Yeah, unfortunately, more than ever in my life, there's just things where it's like an hour's notice. It's like, oh, all right, I guess I have to go deal with that now, you know? Yeah, totally. Such is life. Here Mm -hmm. I am looking at one of my lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) If you didn't know, Connie is one of my lawyers right now. Well, times. well, Connie, tell everybody what's been going on in your life because there's some there's some exciting things. Women's Ministry just did one of their big marquee events for the year, mm-hmm. uh, the Equip yeah. Conference. Yes. Well, before that, I want to let's hit a high note. Oh, okay. We just finished talking about. <laughs> well, my, no, I was my... going to get there. I was going to get there. <laughs> yeah, he, I was going to say, and personally, I, I want a personal encouragement after talking about my dad dying. Aww. So you give me the other side of the the yeah. life spectrum. Yeah. The other side of the life. Yes, I mean another. You're pregnant. Yeah. Oh, oh, my oh my goodness. <laughs> We're gonna have to uh, okay, that okay, out. okay. Um Ellie just gave birth to our third grandchild. Uh, okay. Little girl. If you don't so, know, Ellie is is Connie and Walt's oldest, oldest daughter. Oldest daughter. Um she and Eric uh have two boys, Dominic and Cade. Um and Dominic's gonna be four in January. He's three but he is such a fun little big brother he <laughs> he just in fact i went over uh, the other night to drop off a meal and i'm like dominic can i hold okay oh her name is brielle grace oh, meber mm, so pretty and she's so adorable it's such a little peanut compared to the boys mm-hmm. and she was uh she was small and she was she did just pop out she really did <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> but anyway i'm like can i hold her because he was, you know, she was, he was just sitting there on the couch and she was leaning on him and he's like, no. Oh, he's already protective. <laughs> he is big so brother. protective and he apparently won't let her out of his sight. It was really sweet. So she's going to be well protected by her older brothers. So that's exciting. Cool. And then equip. We just had equip on Saturday. We had about 75 ladies um, wow. there, which was really wonderful. And... 
Imelda Dodgen, who is um, my counterpart at the Altamont campus, uh, Laura Johnston and Heather Moog, the four of us went through um, Hosea again and again and again, and we taught on the book of Hosea and just exposed, um, you know, what sins were being committed by the Israelites during the t- that time, what the consequences were that God had promised in the book of Deuteronomy, you know, seeing God's character through the book of Hosea, what is he like? Who is he? Why is he acting this way? And then, of course, the promise of restoration and redemption that eventually was going to fully come through Christ. And so that's why God was able to say, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to restore this remnant. Mm. So um, as Jesus himself said, all the Old Testament, the news, all of the scripture is about himself, right? Yeah. So we were able to talk about that. It was really very encouraging. The food was amazing. Krachitsa Perryman from the Altamont campus um, prepared breakfast and snacks and lunch, and it was really good. It was a oh. fun, fun day. Mm-hmm. Cool. Encouraging day. And uh, Rebecca French led worship. She huh? did. And, she oh, man, great. her voice. She did mostly a cappella. Um, Andrew um, Simpson did accompany her on yeah. the on the guitar. Hey, he's but he's not a woman. What the hell? I know. I know. <laughs> he snuck in there. Not he did sneak in. in at the very end. But um, so her voice was so featured, and it was just beautiful. And yeah. she just sang. She belted it out. It was beautiful. And then we had um, three reciters of scripture. We had Dana Norton, Jessica Harbardier. I never Harbardier. Know, yeah, I never know how to say it. It's okay. a French name, yeah. Harbardier. I go, do I have to say the whole middle part? And she goes, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Linda Moore, they Wonderful. recited from Hosea. So cool. it was a beautiful, beautiful. Well, morning. shout out to you and your team and, and everyone who put that together. Such a such an amazing time. I'm sure there will be beautiful fruit. Mm. Um, so let's Praise get into... God. What we're going to be talking about today um, with the Gospel of Luke, Glimpses of Glory. And Shauna, you want to give us just a just a recap of what we covered on Sunday and just kind of catch us up to what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. Um, so just if you missed out the last couple of months or couple of weeks or whatnot, we've been in Luke for quite some time now. And Jesus has taken us on this journey through his ministry. You know, we, we've... He's begun his ministry in in Galilee and uh, began explaining a lot about just why he came to the earth. You might remember all the way back to chapter four of Luke when he quotes Isaiah. What he came to do? He came to basically come come for redemption and restoration through through the work he's going to be doing. Fast forward a bit, he's been teaching a lot after really establishing just that premise of our faith in him and trusting that's what he came to do. He's starting to get more into the specifics and the nitty gritty of what life with him is meant to look like. And now as he's on this path, you know, recently he has shifted. Now he's walking towards Jerusalem, which we know where he's going to end up there. As along the way, he's continuing to teach. And so often in Jesus' teachings, we have these moments where Jesus says something and someone from the crowd will interject and pop in and say, hey, what about this? Or what about that? And so the last few weeks have been a lot of that, where Jesus says a really simple thing, but then someone We'll, we'll question them. You Which know? is kind of rude. It's so rude. Yeah, it's so, so rude of them. How dare you? Especially if you're going to cut off someone, don't do it to the living God. You know? yeah. uh, but anyways, uh, this is happening, and they're on the road, and, and this Pharisee conversation comes up, and basically someone calls them out on something, and they're, they're, they're saying, hey, Jesus, why didn't you wash before dinner? You know? 
And it launches into this big teaching of Jesus. And basically the point of it is Jesus is calling out a part of the Hebrew culture of the time, which is this idea of people are more concerned with outward ceremony and really for the benefit of other people's eyeballs than they are about their inward heart and posture towards God, mm. you know? And we, we look at the Pharisees and we kind of laugh because we're like, yeah, they're getting so mad about washing their f- fingers in a bowl before they walk into the temple or whatever. But the reality is we do the same thing. We totally do. And so at the end of Charlie's teaching, man, just great points of focus for us to really think about is for all of us. And the answer bluntly is just, yes, all of us do do this. But the question is, in what ways and to what degrees hmm. are all of us putting too much emphasis on outward things that are really extra biblical? They're not part of what Jesus told us or taught us, you know, we all have our things that, you know, we take our, our church, for example, you know, our welcome lobby or our lights, whatever it is. These are things that we love and they're great, but they're not necessarily the gospel, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. However, when we start emphasizing those things and making church about that, about how well we do our name tag or about how we serve the coffee, whatever the heck we're talking about, and we're losing that that point of just restor- a restored and, and in tune heart with the Holy Spirit with Jesus, then just like Jesus calls it the Pharisees, he's like, man, you guys missed it, right? Mm-hmm. So on those lines, I think for a lot of people listening, probably, you know, for myself, this teaching probably stirred up a little bit of conviction, maybe encouragement too, if you've been really killing it in some ways. Uh, but I'm curious, Connie, maybe you can start as you listen to this. What are some of the first things that struck your heart or you observed? Mm. Well, I really, <laughs> a couple things. One thing is uh, when Charlie was saying, you know, um, he said, I, this whole thing of like, you always take the best seats in the house, you know, like trying to be more conscious of, am I doing that? Do I, you know, like he was saying how he always parks far away, (laughs) you know, just as a, just as an exercise of dying to yourself. And I think this is so, it's, it's such a good practical advice about, you know, not always taking the, like if you're going through a line of food and not always taking the best things or it's, it's kind of self-discipline to not always put yourself first. And I thought that was a really um, good example, practical example, because Part of this whole thing is valuing our own honor. Like this is the the second point in the in the second um, section of Charlie's notes, valuing our own honor instead of being zealous for God's honor. It's such a strong it statement is. because you, it's subtle. We do it right. These ways yeah. that we we you know take the best whatever, or we mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know we think. Hey, do you, do you know who you're talking to, or, yeah. or you know, <laughs> right? Or but that's I'm what the, Charlie said. Yeah. I'm the man of the household. Right, like, how dare right, you? You know, like right. they're they're just these subtle little ways. But to put it like that, it's it's very stark. It's like, wow. I mean, I can honor God or I can honor myself. I can't mm-hmm. like do both. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Well, just I was just thinking the the scripture is chock full of that. You know, I think about uh, James about what the the strong verbiage about friendship with the world, right? Right. What does that equate to? Yes. Enmity with God. Yes. Right. And, and especially like this week and then next week and the week after that, where I'm teaching, Jesus is really making a strong point about this particular thing about. Where does our allegiance lay in our hearts, you know? And it can only be one of two places, either yourself in the world Mm -hmm. or Jesus and God, you know? 
And this issue is with, with this thing, but it's going to continue hitting it over and over and over again. And it makes so much sense that as Jesus is going to die upon the cross for his people, that he would be hitting this home, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously we, 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 we have to face this in ourselves when we're talking about choosing a seat in church or whatever, you know? Yeah. But here Jesus is preparing to go die for people that, 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 that he doesn't deserve to die for. And how much allegiance does that take? How much is, of a heart does that require of wanting to honor God over yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that idea of uh, friendship with the world is enmity with God. And I think um, I was thinking about uh, this one well-known pastor that's been in the news the last few days. Um, you know how he, it, it just seems like people, are, especially well-known spiritual leaders are so afraid to say something that's going to offend the masses, the world. Right, the world. Yeah. So then they kind of want to hedge their, what they want to say, right? So they say things like, well, you know, I, I mean, of course, I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the Pope just did this, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's like, well, but, you know, in certain circumstances, I think this one pastor, I think what he said, his words were, um, of course, you know, we think a marriage is between a man and a woman. But if sometimes it's just unsustainable, to for these folks who have same sex attraction not to get married and it's just unsustainable well you, you basically you're saying it's un- unsustainable not to sin mm-hmm. and yeah. or, or or you know it's 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 not realistic to expect the followers exactly. of Jesus to be obedient realistic. to Jesus. It's unrealistic. It's yeah. just too much. You're asking too much. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that Charlie Charlie talked about mm-hmm. is on Sunday that just ministered to me so much is the, the commandments of Jesus are not burdensome, right? right? He says, you know, to, to, this is love that you, that you obey my Mm -hmm. commandments. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, but don't worry. My mm-hmm. commandments are not going to weigh you down. No, it's not always going to be easy. Exactly. It's That's different. Be, it's not always going to be convenient. Right. It's, it's difficult. But, it's, in, but, yeah. but he says, my, my yoke, my it's burden easy, right? is not like the burden that you have experienced from these religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Or it's not like the burden that the culture puts on you in our modern terms, right? It, where it beats you down and it weighs you down and it's, it's just stack on stack on stack on stack. And it's meant to keep you oppressed. It's mm-hmm. meant to, um, it promises something that it never delivers, right? So I, I think, mm-hmm. I think we look at that, um, you know, that the the um, context that this was happening in, like you were saying, Sean, of these religious leaders basically heaping on rules upon rules upon rules. You know these religious the irrelevant rules. Yeah, I mean, these irre- are irrelevant rules about washing, ceremonial wa- washing. It's not about dirt. Right. Things that weren't in you the know? law, right? right. They exactly. were putting all these extra things. Right. In so it. we right. look at that, and and I, I don't think it's necessarily an obvious, um, you know, one to one comparison to what our culture is today. But I really think there's a lot of similarities because maybe our culture isn't putting religious or ceremonial things on us. But it is. There's all kinds of social pressure. There's all all t- sorts of um, expectations that the world puts on us. You got to look this way. You got to act this way. You mm-hmm. got to have this type of response when someone asks you this question. Or, right. you know, it's it. You have to present yourself t- to others in a certain manner, right? That that is very burdensome too. And Jesus is saying, look following me, it's not necessarily going to be easy or convenient. It's not always going to be what you want to do, 
But if you obey my commandments, I promise you it's not going to be like what the world does or what these religious leaders do. It's not going to weigh you down. It's actually going to set you free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, because the what these Pharisees were so concerned with what other people think of them. Right. Oh, they're calling them rabbi. Right. You know? So that, the that, it's the same way that what we how we operate today. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 And it's about appearances and about what people are going to say good things or bad things about you. And they love the praise of men. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And well, if, if anything, I, I think it's almost worse in ways now, but more deceivingly so. Because like today we're just so inundated with the internet and with social media and with marketing and advertisements and YouTube, whatever it is that we as a generation, as a culture, as a people, we're consumed with what people think of us, you know, like we obsess over how many hearts we'll get on our posts or how many views we get in our stories or how we look in that, you know, and it's very normalized as the thing. So like, we don't think about ourselves as that way. It's just existence here, you know? And so for us, as far as Western culture, Western church here in America, it's like totally the norm for us to want to look and do what other churches are looking and doing, you know? And we, we, we see those things. And I feel like at the time with the Pharisees, it's a lot more obvious of, oh, those are the Pharisees and we're the people, you know what I mean? And yeah, we will subscribe to them. We'll give them honor in that, in that way. But now it's like, we're all the Pharisees, you know, mm. like we're all subscribing to this part of, of, of culture. And so I think it requires just a, a level of um, intentionality as we assess decision-making and planning in the church. Cause it's like, before we know it, we're doing the same thing, but it's just sneakier now, if that makes sense th- th- than it used to be. Yeah. What do you guys think the, so Jesus, his response, he starts off talking about justice and love, right? So he's saying basically, Hey, you know, verse in verse 42 of chapter 11, he's saying, you're doing these, these outward things, you're tithing and you're, you're doing these, these practices with the mint and the rue and the herb and, and, you know, you're quote unquote doing the right things, mm-hmm. but he says you're neglecting justice and the love of God. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think that, like, why would Jesus start off talking about those two things and, and how does maybe what he says next kind of flow out of that? What do you guys think? Hmm. Well, it's interesting because it, he, he does affirm the fact that they should tithe mint and ruin every herb because he right. says these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So they're neglecting the justice and love of God. I, I what comes to my mind is uh, remember when, um, I, I, I think it's the Pharisees and scribes who were saying, you know, Jesus was accusing them. Like you say that the money that you should be using to support your parents, mm-hmm. you know, you tell them, Oh, that's for the church. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm not going to take care of you. Yeah. And he says, you know, they, they were using that as Korban, remember that mm. word? And Jesus says, that's terrible. Like, you you can't use the church. Like in this example, they're saying, he's saying, you're, you're really neglecting the love of God, mer- the mercy and the justice. Like he, his, you know, his desire for us is to care for one another yeah. and for parent for kids to care for their aging parents in that situation rather than saying, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to give it to the church. That's, that's just an excuse to quote unquote, look good to the people or to be tithing those mint and rue, but not really, not really, you know, expressing love, which is what God wants. Right. 
So well, and isn't, doesn't Jesus quote Hosea? I don't know if you guys went over that. He yeah. says, I desire mercy over sacrifice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So it's, it's again, Jesus isn't just, he's not just concerned with the external or mm-hmm. the religious or the ceremonial. He, he is, but, but that's not the means to the end. What he cares about is what's happening on the inside. Right. Are you, are you being a merciful person? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you, do you love justice? Do you, are you aligned with God's heart in that way? Mm-hmm. Is your heart in rhythm with God's heart or are you just kind of going through the motions? Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a chapter 10 when, when the lawyer stands up and asks Jesus about, oh, am I interpreting the law correctly? Right. And what does he say? The lawyer quotes it, right? He's like, oh yeah, love God yeah. with all your heart and you'll be neighbor as yourself. And Jesus calls him out. I was like, yeah, but what does that look like? And right. He gives that picture of caring for the broken and then the needy. Yeah. And it blows their minds, right? So Jesus has already taught this, and here he is reminding them again. Of, yeah. Man, if, if you do this outward stuff that, yeah, is good, mm-hmm. but then you're missing the whole point of it. Right. <laughs> like, what is the point of that? And he's going to continue doing that. I I, I don't want to give spoilers, but I can't help because I'm preparing my <laughs> notes for this week's teaching. But next week with Nathan, again, it's going to come down to allegiance between God and people. And the following week, which is I'm, I'll be teaching here at the crossing, it's Jesus giving the parable of the rich fool, you know. And mm. then right after that, talking about don't be anxious because he cares for the birds and mm. the, that whole thing, you know. And what he's doing is directly calling out again just this matter of heart, you know. Mm. And what are you doing? And when he gives that parable of the rich fool... How he ends it with is, you know, after he calls out his foolishness and his heart and all this kind of stuff, which, well, no spoilers, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. <laughs> what he says in the end was, oh, you should have given that money toward your church, all these people. No, he says this, and I've been thinking about this so much, because what he says is, therefore, talking to his disciples and people who are listening to him, go sell your possessions and give to the needy, you know? And I read that, like, yeah, I've heard that before, but then I thought about, like, man, that's actually kind of mind-blowing to think about, that Jesus told his followers to do this. And if I stood up on Sunday and said that, <laughs> like, hey, everyone here, picks one of your things that you like, sell it so you can care for someone in need, you know? That would seem mind-blowing to a lot of people. And yeah, yeah, that's the heart that Jesus wants us to have, Right? is, man, let go of yourself. Again, going back to the honor thing, no honor for you care for others mm-hmm. you know that's the heart that we're talking about so anyways if in two weeks the crossing i tell you to sell mm. something that, that remind oh that does remind me of that the good samaritan example yeah. right where um all of these upright upstanding jewish right. people walk by this priest and the levi you know saying oh no i don't want to get unclean i can't right. i can't go over there and then a samaritan comes by and Gives, I mean, like sacrificially gives to this person. And um, that's the whole, you know, you're neglecting, okay, for the sake of whatever appearance, for the sake of not getting, by becoming unclean, whatever, you're neglecting justice and the love of God. Also reminds me of that. Remember when Jesus heals the man and um, on the Sabbath and they're like... You worked How on the Sabbath. You? you did something on the Sabbath, and Jesus is like, "Well, which one of you, if his your animal falls in, is not going to, you know, lift him up out of the the pit?" You're, right. Basically, it's like there. It's the hypocrisy of appearance. I think mm-hmm. missing which is the heart. Missing the heart. That's yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Over well, what is really, yeah, required. Which, uh, one last spoiler, because yeah. you're hitting the heart thing. Yeah. This, this will be a fun tease. The title of the message when I teach, because I think it hits that really well, mm-hmm. is going to be the heart of the problem. Is a problem of the heart. Yeah. Are you are you a Baptist preacher <laughs> now? Yeah. 
No, I love it. That no. is awesome. That's like a poem. It's well, like a haiku. It is. It might be if we counted it out. We counted it out. But but you see this message all throughout Jesus's teachings and really all throughout the New Testament that you there's an inextricable link between loving God and loving others. You can't say you love God and not care for your 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 fellow man. Very good. Right? And yep. and you won't know how to care for your fellow man if you don't love God. And I know it's so <clears throat> so simple and it it seems like maybe everything kind of comes back to that, but it it's like it's all about love, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's that that's what protects us from being <clears throat> these self righteous people mm. that um, that get stuck in in some you know a self uh, or a, a self honoring or a man pleasing type of pattern, right? Yeah. It's I'm, love. Well, I'm so glad you said that because yeah. I think that that's where it can get a little bit murky is the man-pleasing thing because you say that, and a lot of churches, they say that. It's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, we're all about love. We love God, love people, you know? But how are you defining love? I'm, yeah, this is so hard because I've been actually thinking quite a bit about the self-righteousness and yeah. what is what is self-righteousness because in some ways the, the, the hearer of what you're saying might think you're just saying that because you're being self-righteous. Like, in mm-hmm. other words, if you condemn sin... The way you condemn it or the way, you know, like counseling people as we are, we're all in situations where it's awkward because you might have to call out sin. Yeah, because you love the person. Because you love the person. And I think the way we do it, really the way they accept, but it's also the hearer, the one who's accepting it, right? Who's hearing it. And they might hear you say something that, to them, they're like, wow, you're being so self-righteous. You're condemning yeah. this. This is, I'm okay with God, but yet you're saying it's wrong. How do we deal with that? 100%. That's the whole like pleasing man versus pleasing God. Which that's why I think it's so important, like you just said, that this all comes not just, doesn't just stem in love, period. It stems in love of God. Yes, Love yes. of his word. Absolutely. Love of his commands and his promises, right? Love of his Holy Spirit. Yes. Because that is what will guide us and, and, and inform us in those situations of, yeah, the Lord has made it clear through his word. I can't love this person and not make this known about where I think that this is not lining up with his word. Right, right. right. Lining up with God, who God intends you to be as right. a person, you know? But that's where it's so countercultural because right now that's not what love is defined as in the world, even a little bit. Mm-mm. Right now in the world, love is just acceptance. Right. Love is just me agreeing with your worldview. And if I don't, then I don't love you. I'm a hatred, hateful mm. bigot. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. And, and it's, self-righteous. It's, and self-righteous. <laughs> and it's so hard because even though that's a wrong definition, that's still the the atmosphere in which we have to exist. So how do you walk that line? Yeah. Right? How do you walk that line? I, I was just talking to a friend who um, we have a mutual friend who recently chose a transgender lifestyle and they recently completed um, all the surgeries to make that happen. And obviously this is heartbreaking because we love this person, right? And this friend is trying to care for that person who's went through these surgeries, but it's such a weird space because he's like asking for wisdom and prayer because he's like, how can I try to be there and support this friend, but also not allow them to mistake me for being supportive of what they've done right. and what they're doing, mm. right? And especially with that whole sphere, it's like that is very much the case of like, oh, you have to accept what I'm doing. Otherwise, you right. don't love me, right. right? 
And obviously that's an extreme example, but still I think if we zoom out a little bit, that is a little bit just culturally how we act or we're tempted to act as a church or as a society of just, yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're all works in progress. You know, we're all, we're church full of sinners. We're hospital for sinners, all that kind of stuff. So whatever you're dealing with, it's all good. Just love God and it'll be fine. You know, yeah. when reality is like, yes, we are all broken people. We mm-hmm. are all sinners. I need as much grace as you, if not more. You know what I mean? But it's okay for us to acknowledge that with each other. Mm-hmm. It's okay for me to be open and transparent about how I'm broken. To not just say, yep, I messed up, but it's okay because God loves me, period. It's like, right. no, God has promised to do redemptive work in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're commanded to help each other along in that process, right? Right, right. Well, that's going to keep going forever. No, but, but, off here. but that's the key. And, and really, I, I don't feel like, I don't know, maybe we need to have a separate podcast on on best practices for hmm. for this type of thing in, in relationship. I mean, how to bring up these kinds of things? Yeah, yeah sure. Because there's so many, there's so many like, <laughs> so many ways we can mess it up. Well, I was thinking about that. Okay, how, how, if we were Pharisees, right? Let's let's just pretend like we're Pharisaical. What, like, you know, I'm looking at the whole. Um, when the it says you you're like whitewashed tombs that right. people walk over and they don't even know it you know yeah. uh, if we were Pharisees uh, um, counseling like your friends your friend yeah. um, or people that we we come across that we we have to point out sin if if we were Pharisaical how would we do it that the wrong way yeah the wrong way it would be like you sinner. You yeah. know, like smack them, smack them with the rules, right? <laughs> and beat them be, up, with and the... just kind of like, like, hey, just rise up to this level, like, be like me. What's wrong with you? Like, right, right. So that would be self righteous because it's like saying, um, yeah, like we would never, we could never, we would never do what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that would be terrible. I think God would condemn us for that. But then the other, but the other side of it is just to say, oh, we are not to judge. We just need to love, mm-hmm. and yeah. that would be absolutely wrong too, because that's like then we're just looking, we're trying to get the world to love us, and we don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think I think the first step in all this, and I don't know if we want to just get into it right now, but I'll just throw out a couple of thoughts. I think I think the first step in in bringing bringing someone to a place where they can see the sin that is in their life that they're maybe not seeing is a mirror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think, I think it starts off with two things is do, do you have a relationship with them? Right. Do, do you, um, do they trust you? Do they trust you? Mm-hmm. Have you, have you shown them the love of God mm-hmm. in a consistent way? Yeah. <laughs> and, even if it's sometimes it's an ongoing thing, you know, it's it's a it's someone that serves in the same ministry as you. It's someone who's in your small group. It's someone that you've known for years. That that's hopefully the the ideal, and hopefully we all have people that that are doing that for us. Because I could go around pointing out all kinds of sin and right. all kinds of people, right? <laughs> but I don't know. I don't feel like it, it. It's not my job, even as a pastor, to be on the witch hunt for sin. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. I, I trust that the Holy Spirit will bring stuff to my attention in the relationships that I've been cultivating yeah. that need to be brought up. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, if there's someone in your life, Sean, that you're tight with and close with, 
I, I, I'm not going to go di- digging into their life. I'm, I'm assuming that the Holy Spirit is going to bring that to you and give you those opportunities. Does that make sense? Totally. So I think like a loving relationship. Now, sometimes things come up and, and it's people that are maybe more on the peripheral or if they're more fringy in your life. And you're going to have to find a way to show them <laughs> that you love them in a, in a very quick way <laughs> if you mm-hmm. want to, if you want to, you know, get involved with this type of ministry. So that's, but that's step one. And then I think step two is, and this kind of goes back to fighting that self-righteousness mm-hmm. is, are we living lives that invite the same type of uh, scrutiny and, mm-hmm. and judgment on our, right? Because we, we are actually called in the household of God to, to judge each other. Right? Thank you for saying that. We are called to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. But Jesus says, don't do it. It's not a one-sided. Yeah, it's not a one-sided thing, mm-hmm. right? Don't go after the speck in your neighbor's That's eye right. if you've got the plank in your eye. Deal with that thing exactly, first. Exactly, exactly. And so I think just it, it's it's kind of an ongoing attitude that we live with. It's like, hey, I'm I'm not going to just dish it out. Like right. I can take it too, you know? Yeah. And, and I think another thing that's super, super important, and, and James writes about this at the end of his letter, um, Paul writes about this when he's talking about church discipline. What is the purpose of this? Restoration. The restoration. Right. The purpose is not to, to make someone feel bad mm-hmm. or to make you feel mo- better because you're not doing what they're doing. You know, the purpose of, yes. of um, us all being more aware of our brokenness and our sin is so that we can be restored mm-hmm. is so that we can come back to center, right? That's what confession is all about. Totally. Confession is about getting back in alignment yeah. with what God says is good and pleasing and perfect. And that's the goal. I think sometimes we, I don't know, like we can get that so twisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's easy to, I think Satan works hard to pervert that and to like, there's a sick kind of pleasure you know, when, when you get in that skewed perspective kind of place in taking jabs at someone, in gossiping at someone, you know, whatever it is, Satan, I think, works hard to make that happen in people. But rewind a bit, like you said in the beginning, it's like if you ask yourself that litmus test and truly before the Holy Spirit, before God and his word, is is what I'm about to bring up or say or enter into is this really motivated because I love this person mm-hmm. above all else? Mm-hmm. Then I think you'll be okay, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But if it's not and you have this bitterness or this grudge or whatever the heck it is, then, yeah, it's probably not a good place for you to come from because mm-hmm. how, how how will that person know and feel your love if it's not even there in the first place, right? Yeah. We can fake it, but it's not there. That's like going back to the Pharisees now of knowing mm-hmm. what to say to come off as loving as a church family, but not actually feeling that love in the first place, yeah. right? In, inside of that, I think that there is... Like next week, Nathan's going to teach this next week. Right after this in, in Luke 11, when when Jesus is talking about being bold to bring up things with people, which is kind of the same topic, uh, what, how he ends or how Nathan's going to end next week is he gives a promise. Jesus gives a promise to his followers. And he says, I'll read it specifically so I don't misquote it. So after doing this, as, as you're facing hostility because you're bringing up true things motivated by love, he says, and know this. When they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a a peace-giving promise of just, if you really are loving the Lord and you really are motivated out of that love 
in order to 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 be obedient to his word and serve people, then man, there's a promise there. The Holy Spirit's gonna help you out. Mm-hmm. He'll help you to know what to say. It was just so freeing in a lot of ways. Yeah. All situations. Yeah. yeah. And what you described reminded and kind of what you said too, Dan, it reminded me of like Galatians six one, and you guys are familiar with this one, I'm, I'm sure. But it's brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself. Yeah. Lest you to be tempted. So yeah. tempted, mm-hmm. there's many temptations in, I think, coming alongside someone who is caught in a sin or in a sinful pattern. Sure, right? sure. And sometimes people don't know that they are, right? Yeah. We can be deceived. Our hearts can be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You know, and, and there's, all, there's also a lot of like uh, just, I don't know, wisdom things, uh, tact things, right? Like, hey, timing is important. Uh, context is important, right? Like, probably don't do not do this in the midst of a crowd in front of everybody. They can hear you, you know? There, there's, there's certain just uh, ways of communicating that mm-hmm. are gentle, mm-hmm. that some people just don't have training on. They've never done it before, or, or they've been, it's been modeled for them in bad ways. So I think there's this is something that we, should, we, we probably as a church need to practice doing, mm-hmm. and we need to, we need to, like, we need help and experience and coaching in it because man, when, when, when it goes that way, that Galatians six, one way, um, or James, you know, James writes about that too, right? You, 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 you saved, you saved them from like all these mm-hmm. sins, bad things, these yeah. bad things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Like it's a beautiful thing. And, and I just, I don't, I don't think we experience it en- enough because we're afraid or, or we, it's mishandled and, and it goes south. And so obviously we'd love to help you and support you in, in any way um, if if this is like striking a chord with you. But I think like what we were talking about before offline, maybe it's a good place for us to go now and, and maybe end our conversation just just talking about the gospel, right? Because the gospel really, if we come back to the reality of of our, our brokenness and our need for a savior and that our King Jesus has come to, to unfold his kingdom and he's inviting us to be Mm -hmm. citizens of that kingdom. Um, I think it, it, it's the ultimate remedy for all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, like alongside that, and as far as how you communicate that, like use your discernment, you know what I mean? But paired with that, like as you're starting any kind of conversation like this or whatever the situation is, I think it's really helpful to just be honest with people, Mm -hmm. you know, and to literally just say, Connie, I just want you to know I love you dearly as my sister. I might not say the perfect things right now, so mm-hmm. please give me grace. Mm-hmm. And if I wrong you or offend you, let me know and I, I will apologize. But I have to share this with you because I love you as your friend. You know, that can be so disarming, you mm-hmm. know. And if you want to tie in with that, I'm a broken sinner who needs the Savior every day as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then that's really helpful and good. Because again, that just sets the tone of, hey, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to attack you. I'm here to love you. And I I hope and pray that you would love me in that same way, right? Like you were saying earlier. Well, and that that was the problem with these religious elites is they they tried to set up some some man-made hierarchy Mm -hmm. spiritually. Like, hey, we're farther along. We're better. We're we're more pious. Like we're doing things right. And you're and we're looking down our nose at you, right? And that that's spiritual abuse. And the gospel, like, there's no room for that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because uh, the wages of sin are, is death, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we're, we're all caught up in the same net. Yeah. We're, it's a human predicament we're all in. And, 
you know, mm-hmm. n- none of us are any better than anybody else. No. Amen. And, and you know, the, gos- the gospel, as they say, you know, the ground is level yeah. at, at the foot of the cross. Totally. Uh, one of the, um, this, when Jesus was, one of his woes to the, to the prophet or to the um, Pharisees were that, you know, they build the tombs of the prophets whom your father killed. And in a parallel passage in Matthew twenty three twenty nine, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, Oh, if we had lived in the days of our father, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Like, mm. see, that's the whole thing of like, no, if I was there, I would have recognized Jesus. I would have for sure not been part of them who say crucify him. But the fact is, we would have all said it, most likely, yeah. you know. Yeah. We are completely sinners, just like the folks that we are counseling. But I think what you're saying about Sean, just saying, Hey, I, you know, I love you and I, but I cannot just, I can't just agree with you that what you're doing is, is okay. It's not, even though according to God's standard, according to God's standard, according to any human regulation, right. According to the word, but, but, you know, I've had people say, but I've talked to God. I'm okay. He's cool with it. Yes. <laughs> I got, I got That's a, a really hard. I got an amendment to the New Testament. <laughs> I got an amendment. <laughs> Let me download it to you. Yeah. The book of Second Daniel. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, this is helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and as always, I mean, we throw this out there every week. We get very few takers, but if you need specific support and and just. Counseling. If you want to call out a friend on air, send us a recording. <laughs> exactly. No, but if you just need specific support in this, we are here for you. Yeah. And or or you know, reach out to your local elder or pastor. Like there's operators are standing by. You know, one eight hundred elder. We want we we want to help um, uh, each other. You know, just um, not be like the Pharisees, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I hope that that comes through. That we well, not me this last month, but. We get on this podcast and chat about the word every week. We are the same as you. We need this kind of grace and truth mm-hmm. and loving confrontation in our lives, the three of us, yep. just as much as everyone else of us, right? We're, we're all in the same boat. Amen, brother. Okay. Hey, Connie, thanks for being with us. Can't thanks thank you enough for, for your time. Me. I feel yes. like it's, it's been too long. We'll, we'll get you back on soon. Let's do it. And Sean, welcome back. Beholders, we love you. We will uh, we'll see you at our various campuses this Sunday and beyond. Anything we want to throw out there? Uh, fall Festival's coming yeah, up. October 14th, Fall Festival. It's going to be a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we all want to. I'm going to be there making cotton candy. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there uh, saying things on microphones. So okay. Wow. I am going to not be there <laughs> because I'm performing a wedding that day. Oh, yeah, well, all right. Sorry. Yeah. That's kind of people do have to get married. It does trump that a little bit, just personally at least. Mm. But I will be praying and supporting and I uh, love you guys. Hey, congratulations if you if you are still listening, if you've made it all the way to the end. <laughs> and we'll see you next week or sometime in the near future for our next episode. Okay, bye. Bye. Beep. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.